What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, March 20th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside a woman who needs no introduction, Rebecca Valentine from GamesIndustry.biz. <laughs> Prolific writer who's re referenced here every day, it oh feels like. Gosh. Hi, Greg. Hey, how are you? I'm doing all right. It's it's GDC. It's beautiful. Yeah? Um, I like San Francisco. Good. How do you write so much for this gamesindustry.biz? Every other byline is you. It's uh, you and James and Matthew over there. You're all back there competing, bopping it back and forth like ping pong. There are very few of us. Um, I think we're like six people, I think. Seven. Okay. I should be able to count such a small number. <laughs> um, but most of them are on the UK side. It's just me and Brendan here in North America. Oh, so by the time okay. you show up for the morning, it is all me. <laughs> you do a great job. Thank you Thank so you. much, Rebecca. If somebody didn't know you, other than the gamesindustry.biz uh, bylines, what's your story? Talk to me about that. Where, you, how, where does this all start for you? How long have you been doing it? Where are you, where are you, are you freelancing? Are you full-time over there? What, what's your mother's maiden name? How do you, what's your password? <laughs> Your <laughs> no, uh, no. I was an English and philosophy major in school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it after I graduated. Mm -hmm. I did technical writing to pay the bills for a little while and just sort of meandered my way. But I was looking for something more creative to do with my time. And a friend okay. of mine recommend told me about a freelance. Was, I guess it's more contract work, games writing job. And yeah. I, you know, I I played like Pokemon and Assassin's Creed. I, I had. Yeah, good games. Good yeah. games. Good games, Kevin. <laughs> I had games knowledge, but it wasn't, you know, overflowing. I, Encyclopedia. Th this is horrible. I should never admit this on the internet, but when I first started, I didn't know what Dark Souls was. Oh my never god. Heard Who it. does? Who does? Great question, Kevin. Good question. Good no, question. Thank you. No one. But I, I, I did that for about three years, and I think during my third year, I went to my first E3 uh, to okay. cover as a freelancer for the site that I was writing for at the time. Okay. Um, and. I had an interview with an indie developer there who was so excited about his game. He was just so pumped up. He talked nonstop for 10 minutes, didn't let me get a word in, but I, but he was telling me wonderful things. Sure. And I just listened to him, and in that moment, I was like, you know what? I want to do this with my life. Yeah. So I went hardcore freelance that year. I, I pitched to a ton of places. I got a whole bunch of bylines, different places, and then at the... About almost a full year later, I got hired at Games Industry. Now, here's where Weissmark comes in at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can write in with your questions. Uh, Weissmark says, happy hump day to the Kind of Funny crew. I have a question for the legendary Rebecca Valentine. I was wondering how you got into your niche of games journalism from a business perspective. Was your background in business? Was it difficult to find a platform for this niche when you started out? I'm in law school in love when my two biggest interests of gaming and the law intersect, like with the Fortnite dance lawsuits. I would like to get into writing about these topics in the future and I'm hoping to have some advice. Keep up the excellent work. The Roper Report is better because of you. He's talking to you in particular. Yeah, so gamesindustry.biz is so dialed in on what they talk about, right? Whereas, you know, an IG and a GameSpot is going to be about the reviews, about the new patch notes on some game or what opinions and stuff like that. Uh, you guys are financial figures. You are sales numbers. You are what's happening in terms of layoffs around the industry. How did you find your footing there and why, did, how, why is that stuck for you? Yeah, I didn't... Uh I didn't have any background in business when I started. I yeah. had, uh, you know, the four years in kind of consumer journalism, like what you were just talking about, yeah. and it that part was new to me. And they were kind of looking for someone who had had experience and who understood the industry, which sure. I, I did, um, but who you know they could they could work with and who would be willing to learn from them. And I am ridiculously fortunate to get to work with. I mean, in my opinion, you know, the best business writers in the industry. Yeah. You know, Matt and Brendan and James and Hayden are all just incredible, and Chris and I. They were really good at working with me for. I mean, they and they still are. You know, I'm coming up on a year there this May, and they. My first several months were a bit of a crash course. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have a lot of business background, so I was. And I'm sure. I'm sure Brendan. You know, eventually got tired of me just pinging him every five minutes in Slack with questions about what does this mean? What does this mean? But he was really patient with me, and he he taught me, and he helped me also get better at finding the resources that I needed to um, come up with these things on my own. Gotcha. And so yeah, it was a bit of a crash course, but I think. Maybe this isn't a universal thing, but I think regardless of what topic you want to write about in the industry, having having a strong foundation, just kind of knowing about games and loving games is really important. Um, and then also having a strong foundation in writing and research. If you have good research skills, which I mean, you can get in a number of different ways sure. through through work, through education, through practice. Um, but if you have strong research skills, then you can find your place most places. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to have you aboard finally. It's been too long. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to be talking about the Nindy News, Google Speeds, and of course, Lucasfilm Games Living. But that, of course, should come as no surprise because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with your questions, comments, concerns, bad PSN names for maybe a little while longer, and everything else under the video game sun. Then you can tune in to watch us record it live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. The printer... It still has all the labels in it, it turns out, from uh, the Joey sending off the t-shirts. And so I started printing there, and I kind of screwed everything up. But we got one printout for you, and I was like, we gotta go. Just do this show. <laughs> uh, housekeeping for you. Kansas City. We are coming to hang out with you on March 30th. That is the kind of funny world tour rolling through. Remember, we are there at Planet Comic Con doing a whole bunch of panels. Superman, Henry Winkler, uh, the Power Rangers. But if you just want to come to the meet and greet, you don't need a badge. You don't need to worry about it. It's all up on kindoffunny.com slash events. You live in Kansas City. Yeah, represent. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be partying with us? Yeah. All right, great. Why would I miss it? I just want to make sure. No. I just want to make sure you know you're invited. You know what I mean? Of course. Uh, I, Barrett apparently didn't know he's invited anything. He's not coming <laughs> anything. I don't know what his problem is, just because we won't pay to fly him across you're the country. You're being too mean to him. I'm being too mean to him, Kevin. Yeah. You're more mean to him than I am. What? Yeah, you're the meanest what? person in the office. He was so nice to me. Bitch. There it is. See? There he is. Being mean to me already. That's <laughs> nice. He's always nice in the beginning. Oh. You know what I mean? He's like a oh. sour jawbreaker, but the first, the first layer is sweet. And you get through it. And you ever had a jawbreaker? So it's the opposite of a sour jawbreaker. What? No, a sour jawbreaker sour the whole way. You just mean a sour patch kid. All right. <laughs> well, don't those start do those those start sour and get sweet, don't they? Well, yeah, but if you get the reverse. Let's one. just okay. Let's okay. Let's just uh, let's get sour out of it. All right, all right. He's like a mounds bar. All right. He's chocolate on the outside, which people really like, and then he's coconut on the inside, which I like, but a lot of people don't like. You're. Mounds. Better? Yeah, oh well, yeah, mounds for mounds for all this. It's, you know what I mean? Get out of here with uh, Thank you to our Patreon producers, <laughs> Mohammed, Mohammed, Tom, Bach, and Blackjack. Almond Joy, I don't need the almond. And I like yeah, the dark chocolate over the milk chocolate. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Uh, today we're brought to you by Robin Hood Third Love, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. An enthusiastic do-do-do-do from Kevin. I like it. Five items on the Roper Report. Oh, Baker's Dessert! Number one, we had a Nindy's showcase this morning to kick it all off. Nintendo came out with, it's on two pages, 16 games. I'm counting a whole bunch of Lambier stuff as one. Uh, what was your reaction, Rebecca Valentine? My reaction was attempting to watch it unfold on Twitter while yeah. I was in the car on the way over here. I should have told you to come early. That you could have just come and watched it with <laughs> I, us. My apologies. I should have thought about it, honestly. Yeah. I, Cuphead, probably, you know, the big highlight. From the very beginning, yeah, they lead with Cuphead coming to the Nintendo Switch, uh, shocking the world. I mean, we've yeah. it's been that thing of will they, won't they, right? There's been so many rumors of Xbox Game Pass coming. There's been We knew that Xbox Live is coming to Nintendo Switch in some way. Yeah. Uh, is Ori real? Is it going to be Cuphead? There's been this back and forth for a long time. Uh, they led with Cuphead where uh, Kirk from Nintendo and Katie from Nintendo hosting but Kirk saying that our friends at Xbox you know our friends at Microsoft they made a point to say that helping get this over uh, over on the Xbox Newswire Chris Sharla from Xbox had this to say and he's talking about GDC in general and all the stuff they're doing with Xbox Live. But specifically, growing out of these recent discussions, we are partnering with Studio MDHR to investigate bringing Xbox Live features beyond Xbox and PC to Nintendo Switch. Yes, this means that fans will now have the opportunity to experience Studio MDHR's award-winning debut game on Nintendo Switch with Xbox Live. We'll be working with Studio MDHR to implement Xbox Live features into Cuphead on the Nintendo Switch in the coming months. Given the early stage of our work with Studio Studio MDHR, the Xbox Live features will appear in a post-launch update to Cuphead on Nintendo Switch. We'd like to thank Studio MDHR and Nintendo for their help in this investigation. So once again, tip of the sword kind of move it feels right. like, right? Let's get in there and see how it works. It's what we've talked about in terms of Cool, if you want to bring Xbox Live there, do it with a few games. Learn the ropes, figure it out, then apply it to everybody else. Uh, Major Nelson apparently tweeted right as we were going live, uh, according to Tim Geddes, that this includes for sure achievements, that you'll be able to earn Xbox Live achievements on your Nintendo Switch when this patch eventually comes for Cuphead. Cuphead coming immediately, pretty much. April 18th, you're going to be able to get your hands on that. Kevin, very excited about it. <laughs> of course, Kevin didn't beat the last Cuphead. You don't know that. And so now, Well, I do know, because you'd brag about it like Tim brags about it. 
Am you I wrong? Barrett, you know Barrett beat it? Barrett didn't beat it. He did. Barrett, if it isn't a Pokemon or some other weird anime, Barrett doesn't know about he it. He played it with the, the, the not attacking anyone version. You That's know? fine. I mean, whatever. He's crazy. He's crazy. He's a crazy man. Uh, so yeah, Cuphead coming to Nintendo Switch on April 18th. Uh, then Overland was there. It's, it's a turn-based strategy game coming this fall. I played it at uh, PAX, I want to say East last year. Look at you bragging. I am not bragging. I'm giving my present. Kevin, stop riding me today. We're doing a show over here. Uh, I played it. I enjoyed it. It's turn-based strategy. You have to make a whole bunch of hard post-apocalyptic you know, uh, decisions yeah. like that. My friend Pedro is coming in June. Neocab, an emotional survival game, is coming this summer. It's where you're basically an Uber driver. And it's like uh, words and you know, all these. I'm like, I'm so in. I can get on board with that. hundred yeah. percent. And it's like, it looks like it's all told from the perspective of looking into the car. And then you get in and you have, your, you have to worry about your rating in this Neo Cab world. You have to investigate your friends and uh, stuff. So it sounds cool. Uh, they showed a trailer for The Red Lantern. This is uh, one featuring Ashley Birch. And basically, it's you doing the Iditarod and yes. going across there. And you have to craft uh, and you have to, you know, heal yourself. Your dogs get in the trailer. The dog gets attacked by a bear. The bear breaks its neck. No. Greg, then, don't tell me that. I'm sorry. You, you got to hear about it somewhere. And then, no. the, then they, when they came back to more of the idea, it looks like it's all FPS similar to like uh, Firewatch. So I guess first person perspective, not shooter. Uh, and like when they came back to mushing, one of the, there was like an empty space where that dog was because it had protect her from the bear. I was like, it seems cool. Later this year is what they said for it. Sorry. Maybe you can make your own choice, Rebecca, and the dog won't die. I'm really excited about this. I've been following Musher Twitter lately because the Iditarod just happened. <laughs> Okay. It's yeah. really cool. Okay. The Iditarod is cool and dogs When you are celebrated, cool. I thought you knew about the game and I didn't know about the game. Like, I had missed it. It turns out you just like d- dog mushing and Iditarod stuff. Yes. Huh. I okay. love dogs. Have you seen Snow Dogs? Great movie. No. That's a Cuba Gooding Gooding one, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's the Paul Walker one? Eight Below? That this is an old, right. yeah, an old argument right. from interview. Okay, that's interesting. So is, is this getting you excited? Does this sound good? You want to be out there crafting, making fires, uh, you know, a, a fire watch where you're just going through mushing dogs? I'm agreeing with you. I'm tentatively nodding, waiting for you to throw in the whole thing about dogs getting hurt. And then I I'm mean, really, you got to really protect sad. them. That's on you. I'll protect them with okay, my life. Okay, good. That's on you. I can't do that. Uh, Dark Wood, a survival horror game, is coming this May. Katana Zero is coming April 18th, and that looked dope as hell. I, I, Tim was like, oh, we've heard of this game before. I hadn't heard of it. I, the name sounds familiar, but... Basically, you know, 2D game where it's if you get hit once, you die, and you have your katana blade, and you're, it looks, you know, like NES, Super, Super NES, you're jumping between the levels, platforming, but then knocking bullets back at the guys who shoot them, killing them with your sword, you can slow down time and run through. Looks awesome. I'm all in. Uh, Double Fine announced Rad. It'll be coming this summer. Uh, it's a weird game where you mutate. You, like, you run into snakes and other animals, and you mutate into them, and then use them to attack them in another post-apocalyptic world. Creature in the Well was announced. It's coming this summer. Uh, it's a pinball... Uh, it's not a pinball game. It's a you're like the last electrician trying to turn on uh, keep the world going after yeah, this another post apocalyptic thing. Yeah, and so you have to not use your thing to knock back pinballs to do all sorts of things. All the weird premises for these games sound great. Hey man, that's what Nindies are all about. Yeah. Uh, Blood Roots is co- announced that it's coming to. It got announced in the Nindies that it's coming to the Switch. You already knew that it was coming to PC, and it's also coming to PlayStation Four. They announced that after the fact. Uh, this is the one where. Uh, Revenant meets uh, Jackie Chan or John Woo flick where you're this like guy with an axe or like you got the bearskin hat and then you're like attacking everything. It's how fast you can kill all this stuff. There's a party mode hopefully up right now. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. We had to wait for the embargo to pop uh, where we all play it and try to set the high score. Uh, Pine is coming in August. It was a weird looking one. So we'll just skip over uh, number 12. Uh, Vlam beer had a whole section. Super crate box is coming next month. Nuclear throne is coming today. And then Vlam beer arcade is coming later this year, which is going to be a collection of arcade games that gets added to with the first one being the what, Kevin. I didn't write it down. What it's the bug one. What's the bug space bugs, ultra bugs, something like that. Ultra bugs sounds Give me a Google that for me. Uh, you don't mind Vlam Beer Arcade and get me that name, but that's coming later Vlam this year. Vlam Beer Arcade. Yeah, yeah man, I got it. Cool to All see right. their name in the news again. They've been kind of quiet lately. Well, that's how Rami is, right? He's he's busy talking. He's busy giving talks. Is he, and- is he busy talking or just walking around in that leather jacket? Because I was <laughs> seeing him at every event, just walking around in that leather jacket. I'm like, what do you you make? He's do, they do the thing where they make a game every day or whatever. They put it up or they they're helping do that. Yeah, right? meditations. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, been yeah, really, yeah. I've tried some of those. They're really really cool. Uh, Vlam Beer does cool awesome perfect. stuff, and it's that weird thing that I don't think feel like we talk about them all that much. Yeah. Rami, friend of the show, been through a lot. Rami right. loves to do that one thing of like, hey, I'm in town. Right. 
Ultrabugs, thank you. Mm. Hey, I'm in town. Uh, can I be on a show? And I'm like, well, no, the shows are all books. You need to tell me ahead of time. <laughs> you can't just like try to come in the next day or whatever. Uh, Swim Sanity is coming this summer. Uh, Inti Creates uh, announced that Blaster Master Zero Two is out today, today, today. Stranger Things Three: The Game is coming July 4th, and then from the creators of Crypt of the Necromancer Dancer comes Cadence of Hyrule Spring 2019, which is a it looks like spiritual successor kind of sequel to Crypt of the ne- Necrodancer because it's got the same main character it looked like spin-off kind of thing right maybe, but it's yeah. going to be Zelda and Link are in it to be played with too so a really not bizarre but really cool move by Nintendo of like alright cool your, your indie game your indie game where uh-huh. you dance to fight is cool but here's uh, Link and here's Zelda like let's get them in there that's really interesting and not something you see every day I don't no. think they do not do that for hardly anybody, but you know, particularly doing that for smaller studios. They've right. they've done really well, it seems, on support for independent studios. I think, I mean, yeah, one hundred percent. And I think it's been an interesting changing, right, of the baton getting passed over and over again. Where I think Xbox, of course, three sixty, right, that kind of defined them for a yeah. long time. Summer yeah. of Arcade, Xbox Live, Arcade. This is what we're doing. <laughs> then PlayStation got on board with PlayStation Four, right, where it was like. Hey, we're the gamers machine. Game, game, games. No more yeah. cell processor. It's easy to port your games. But then as that got super successful, they leaned more towards AAA. And right. so when Nintendo came around and was like, all right, cool. We're here with this machine that it, w- it can't compete in terms of AAA. Where are you going to play the division? That's not what its place in the market is going to be. Instead, it did become, cool, we're going to give you great first-party Nintendo games and a flood of indies, right? Yeah. Nintendo, indie games are going to come here and become what the Vita always was. And we are yeah. the Vita, too. And we owe everything to Vita. Miyamoto said that. We owe everything to Vita. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they, there does seem to be, maybe anecdotally, but a lot of support from people who, you know, want to, particularly want to buy indie games on the Switch specifically. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a great platform for it, right? Where I feel like that's where I buy pretty much all my indie games. If there's a game I want to take a chance on, I take a chance on the Switch because I know it's going to be, I want to play it and I don't feel like playing this one Switch game I thought I was. So now I'm going to jump through my library and see what do I have on here that's going to fit the mood. Every time. Very exciting. Uh, Brian Scolo wrote in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, so we just saw the indie showcase and what a way to start bringing Cuphead to Switch next month. Obviously, we've had hints of other games possibly coming to Switch, but now we have this. What does it mean for the future of Microsoft produced titles in the pipeline on Nintendo. What does this mean for Game Pass, especially after seeing Stadia yesterday? And Kevin, don't highlight it while I'm reading. I can't read over your name. And with integrating Xbox Live, can we expect achievements on these games as well? Love all you do. Let's go kind of funny FCFL Milk Mommies for the win. So yeah, obviously you can expect achievements for it, but I still think that it's just proving us right that this is them testing the water and doing a slow roll out of let's learn how Xbox Live and Xbox Live will work on Nintendo. Let's learn how Nintendo works with our games and how that goes. And from here, we'll be off to the races. Yeah, I, I don't want to get too speculative or get too excited about it because, it, you know, you never know. They may just stop at achievements and leave it there. Nothing else may work. Sure. But Nintendo's online service is kind of... Eh, it's there. It, it exists. It's yeah. fine. But it, it'd be cool to see some of the things that Nintendo maybe doesn't want to do themselves or is unwilling to for one reason or another um, maybe be taken over by Xbox Live on some games, probably not all games, I wouldn't expect to see it just become something that's on the Switch now. But with certain games, I, I'm not a Cuphead fan, but I really hope that the Ori and the Blind Forest is true. Is true. Yeah, it's got to so be bad. right. That you want, We want to believe yeah. that bad. And again, it'll be the thing if, if it, I think as they will see, but if it's this Cuphead news is first off received incredibly well mm-hmm. and then uh, sells incredibly well right like yeah. I think you look at that and you're like well let's do it again with our other one and Ori is like all theirs right like that's oh, yeah. you know, lock sock and barrel and Xbox thing number two Let's talk about stuff. Is it Stadia or Stadia? Now that I and Stadia, Stadia, right? It's like a stadium. That was the pit. That was the exactly. Image yeah, exactly. The, yeah. The pro- yesterday, when I'm watching it and I'm talking about it, it all made sense. And then as soon as the stream ended and we went over to Games Daily, reading it on the page totally broke my brain. And then, of course, last night I went out to DGC. I was at some parties. I was at some dinners. Everybody's making fun of it, calling it the drug name. What's the state? Slavia. Slavia. And then state. state, They're they're just using all sorts of names. And I was like, you don't understand everyone I'm talking to. I understand you're smart video game people who can keep things straight. I'm a dumb video game player. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to keep this straight at all. I think it's Salvia. Salvia. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Remember Miley Cyrus did it. I remember that video a long time ago. Miley Cyrus doing it. No, I've been... I watched the thing and I heard Stadia and I thought, oh, that seems like a normal name. And yeah. then after it, I've been saying Stevia for mm-hmm. the last you know, 24 hours or so. Or so. That's I'm, how it goes. It, it'll yeah. eventually become 
common nomenclature we find, but all right. Yeah, now. You know. Stadia internet speeds. Uh, Maddie Myers from Kotaku uh, talked to Phil Harrison, put up a, a podcast over on Kotaku you can listen to with it, uh, but broke out the questions in written format. Had a bunch of them. Here are the two that uh, are making the rounds that I think are interesting for you, KFGD listener. What internet speed do you need to run Stadia? Phil responds, we were able to test a lot of this with our project stream test last year, uh, starting back in October. To get 1080p, 60 frames per second required approximately 25 megabits per second. In fact, we use less than that, but that's where we put our recommended limit at. But with innovations that we've made on the streamer side and on the compression side since then, when we launch, we will be able to get 4K, but only raise the bandwidth by about 30 megabits per second. So if you have less bandwidth, we'll give you a lower resolution. We do a lot of that for you in the background, uh, and we will only offer up the appropriate bandwidth for the infrastructure that you have. Another question, what hardware do you need to get Stadia on your TV? Quote, Chromecast is the way that you reach your TV at launch. And that's the end of the quote. And by the way, an Xbox controller won't do the trick. Back to a quote. In order to reach our Chromecast, you need the Stadia controller. Back to Maddie. Uh, you can use whatever USB controller you want on PC, though. What do we feel? How do you feel about this 25 megabits per second? I feel that their promise at the opening of the presentation for greater accessibility was a really nice one. Uh-huh. Um, I... You know, 25 megabits per second sounds really nice, but I, I'm just... I'm still, I'm still skeptical. I want... I I don't know what people's internet speeds necessarily are all around the country. I feel exactly. like having that consistently is maybe not feasible for a lot of people. Um, yeah, and then they say if you have less bandwidth, they'll give you a lower resolution. How much lower? Right, How right. bad is that going to look? I don't know. I would love to see them do some sort of thing with because they have Google Fiber. Yeah. I I wish they had come out with some bigger massive rollout of Google Fiber to go along with this. Sure, that, oh, totally. We tried so yeah. hard with Google Fiber. Yeah. I know. We it started in Kansas City, so I'm a little attached to it. Sure. We got free Google Fiber out there. You but. suck and I hate you. <laughs> uh no, that, that was one of my hopes when we when it started going and it was happening and they showed the controller, I was like, is the controller going to be a 5G hotspot? Is it going to be yeah. something crazy like that to get it really going? While we're talking right, I just ran an internet speed test on my laptop. Right now, I'm getting 3.54 uh, megabits down, 19.8 up. Mm. So like that, right yeah. there, I'm not hitting the thing. No. My here's oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> hey Kevin, that's, that that's how the internet's working in here. Um, for me, this is exactly the problem I had with yesterday's presentation. Is that I, and I was talking to people last night on all the GDC stuff I was doing. I was already on board. I already can't wait for the streaming future. I can't yeah. wait to see where it goes. I'm I'm super excited about it. That presentation yesterday i think got a lot of people excited mm -hmm. but it didn't answer questions like this in a frank manner right of like this is everybody's problem of like what is this really gonna look like how's it gonna work now taking away from what they're talking about here this is back to the conversation tim and i were having about good enough yes or last year when we were playing assassin's creed on this you know chromebook at this desk right. uh or this uh, microsoft surface at this desk and jared's chromebook at this desk we clearly weren't getting 1080p 60 frames per second blah 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 but it was good enough and it was impressive and it was yeah. cool to play it there. And I understand that if I'm not hardwired, if I'm not right next to my Wi-Fi spot, that's going to happen. Yeah. This is being thrown around right now on Reset Era and headlines on IGN and in comment sections all over the place being like, this is ridiculous. We don't have, I don't have 25, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Yesterday, they didn't hit it in a frank manner of yeah. what they were talking about, right? They made it seem like everybody can get 1080p uh, 60 frames per second without having a bare minimum to hit. And that no. is why they didn't talk about that because they didn't want these kind of headlines. But of course, if you talk to anybody about this and they yeah, ask you a question, ask. you're going to be in that exact situation. And so now it's this weird wrestling thing of... Yesterday was super impressive for a lot of people. This is super disappointing. So now is everybody who got excited yesterday back to the thing of like, well, this just isn't there yet, blah, blah, blah. It's a fantastic idea. It's, for the most part, an idea that a lot of people have had over the last several years and a lot of people have talked about, you know, rumored, hinted at, whatever. Yeah. But the big issue has been, does it work in practice? And the yeah. answer so far has been absolutely not. So that's the question right now. Does it work in practice? And I don't think he said they're going to announce more this summer. But yeah. even then, until, they, until it's in the hands of you know thousands of people with different internet speeds, different ISPs all over the place. It's, and Maddie asked, too, like, so you're announcing out of E3? And he's like, summer, that's it. Okay, yeah. well, all right, great. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was what I hoped for yesterday. I really did hope it was going to be like, and it's out now in some fashion yes. for you to try it and you to believe. Because people need to try it and believe it and have it and see all the problems. Uh, Brad Sams at Therat, frequent now contributor. Not a, not 
less prolific is Rebecca, but on the here a lot lately, <laughs> uh, reported this over on Throughout. Following the Google Keynote, Phil Spencer sent out an email that was shared with me by sources close to the company to the gaming org at Microsoft, where he put announcement, the announcements in perspective. This is Phil now, apparently. Allegedly. We just wrapped up watching the Google announcement of Stadia as a team here at GDC. Their announcement is validation of the path we embarked on two years ago. Today, we saw a big tech competitor enter the gaming market and frame the necessary ingredients for success as content, community, and cloud. There were no big surprises in their announcement, although I was impressed by their leveraging of YouTube and the use of Google Assistant and the new Wi-Fi controller. But I want to get back to us. There has been there has been really good work to get us to the position where we are poised to compete for 2 billion gamers across the planet. Google went big today, and we have a couple of months until E3 when we will go big. We have to stay agile and continue to build with our customer at the center. We have the content, community, cloud team, and strategy, and as I've been saying for a while, it's all about execution. This is even more true today. Energizing times, Phil. Energizing times. Right, right, right. Wow, <laughs> the energy at GDC and streaming. <laughs> I this I still feel the uh, Nintendo Xbox and Microsoft have more of a chance to pull this off in terms of public perception. I feel like by when they shadow drop that trailer and we're like, hey, we're working on it. Fifty-two data centers around the world, Azure servers, blah 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 blah. We're gonna talk about it later. If they come out now at E3 and they talk about it and they are like. Here's what the kind of internet you need. Mm-hmm. Here's what maybe it is running today on some like one game. We're doing a beta test. You can jump in and play it like right now. I feel like that's going to go over bigger than doing this. It's back to you know what I learned in journalism a long time ago at school was show don't tell, right? right? Like yesterday Google told us about their system. Everybody wants to be shown it. Everybody wants right. to be shown that no no it actually works wherever you are in some capacity. Just this talk about it is going to keep screwing stuff up. Yeah, Pricing models, too. That's the other big question mark for me walking out of that, too. Especially yeah. if Xbox can come and say, this is how much it's going to cost for the equipment. This is how much a game is going to cost. Yeah. All those things, you know, because it, it matters for developers and publishers. It matters for people who are going to put their games on whatever this is. And you can't sell a platform without really good games on it. Yeah. Uh, Alex Russ, Zero Syndicate, wrote in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games referencing the uh, Kotaku Phil Harrison thing uh, again bringing that up uh, stream content in the stadia is 25 megabits per second for 1080p 60 frame per second and 4k at 30 megabits per second by comparison Xbox Live recommends 3 megabits per second for gaming and 3.5 megabits for uh, HD video however the 25 uh, mbps uh, speed is comparable to the 4k recommended speeds of Netflix with that information it doesn't seem that stadia can really boast to play on any network and becomes a specialty use case scenario. Do you think that perhaps this is a specialty use uh, focused product, parentheses, early adopters of iDevices and 4K experiences? Because it doesn't seem that this is lowering the barrier to entry to for the consumer. I I mean, from the announcement of it, yeah, I think this is a specialty product, right? Isn't this how all tech launches really start? Like, I don't expect my mom or my friend Poe back home to be on board day one. In right, the same yeah. way, even with Chromecast, and like Tim talks about this all the time. And I, you know, I bought a Chromecast day one. I was like, oh, 35 bucks, whatever. Used it once, I was like, oh, it's not that great. And never thought about it again. Right. And now Tim was telling me, of course, how that's improved. And now it's ubiquitous for his friends who aren't gamers. That they just get that. They understand what a Chromecast is. They use it all the time. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's there. But that took years and years and years to get to. The thing that I was looking for when I was watching that was they they showed it on mobile devices and mobile devices you know even if you can't afford an Xbox or whatever else mm. you have a phone mm-hmm. and your phone can probably play most mobile games. Yeah. The idea that the same phone that plays you know fairly simple not intensive mobile games can also play Assassin's Creed like that's crazy to me that 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 was that was insane yeah. because that's the mobile industry is just humongous and so the idea that. All, all these you know, AAA titles could have suddenly this massive audience. That, sure. and, and that's kind of what I thought they were going for, just in terms of talking about accessibility. But yeah, the, the actual nuts and bolts, the, the practical internet speeds you would need to run these, um, that's, it's starting to sound like it's not actually going to happen in practice. Again, you got to see it. I, I, I just know. don't know. I know. Show me the Carfax, as the Carfax <laughs> always says. That's what I need right now. Right, Barrett? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all nets out. But I think until we have it in some way, shape, yeah. or form for people to actually use it, that'll be the different. Because even yesterday, there was some uh, GIF I saw or maybe a video going around on Twitter of somebody at GDC using uh, 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 Stadia. And it was like playing uh, Assassin's Creed and hitting the jump button or the climb button and it not working and then the latency of them doing it. And oh, it was like, no. again, this is like 
not the way to do it. Not uh, you know on what I mean? The show this floor. Is, yeah, exactly. Show it to somebody. And I, that I'm sh- first off, that's going to happen. That happens. I mean, yeah. it happens to us in the division. Like you know what I mean? Like a hardwired thing where I, I know that happens. But again, people are starving for information mm-hmm. because you got them hyped, but you didn't have a, you didn't present it all, and so now they're gonna eat up all the stuff that is bad yeah. news, and we'll see how it all nets out. Yeah, it was a weird presentation. Yeah. Oh, Barrett says yep too. Uh, number three, Lucas Film Games Lives. This is from Fraser Brown at PC Gamer. Disney appears to have resurrected Lucasfilm Games. You'll probably be more familiar with its successor, the greatly missed LucasArts, which developed and published countless games both in and outside of the Star Wars universe until it was closed in 2013. While LucasArts was responsible for everything from Monkey Island as a developer uh, to Old Knights of the Old Republic as a publisher, don't get your hopes up about a wave of new games appearing. Job listings posted on the Disney Careers website suggest it will support games using Lucasfilm IPs, including Star Wars, rather than developing them itself. None of the listings are for developers or game artists. They are for roles like producer, associate brand art director, and marketing coordinator. The listings mention helping, quote, build the next great set of Star Wars and Lucasfilm heritage products with developers and managing the review and approval of interactive products that incorporate Lucasfilm IP, such as Star Wars film and television properties. Then there was an update. While the Disney careers listing are all publisher side jobs, it looks like Lucasfilm Games is also looking for designers. Team 17 community manager Ashley Day shared a screen cap of a LinkedIn post from a Disney recruiter advertising for a technical artist, engineering manager, producer, community manager, and a lead game designer. So it looks like it actually might be interested in making new games after all. Back to the original story. With... While some might wish Disney would take away the license from EA, which has just produced only two Star Wars games, both sequels, in six years, there's nothing to suggest that that will happen. But with the cancellations and the issues caused by Star Wars Battlefront 2's business model, it may be that Disney has decided to become a little more hands-on. It could also be interested in remastering or bringing back Star Wars games, classic Star Wars games. Heritage Products suggests that it's a possibility, and there's certainly an appetite for it, judging by the reception of fan remakes to Dark Forces and Star Wars Episode 1 Racers. What do you take away from this, Rebecca? I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with the, the cautious look at this. Disney has a history of just kind of sitting there and overseeing everybody messing with its properties and mm-hmm. being okay with not dipping its toes in itself. Um, I wouldn't expect them to get too heavy on the development side. Right. I, I, I definitely agree with the, the, the takeaway from that, that they're probably just going to, you know, hand off IPs in little ways to other studios, right. perhaps. Um, I don't know. It sounds like mobile games. Everything sounds like mobile games to me. Uh, my hope reading this, and it's something that Ron wrote into with patreon.com slash kind of funny games, is that this is them going, we need a Marvel games team. Right? Like that's, yeah. I've always, I said it, I know I've said it a million times in the show, but I really feel like when they brought in Bill Roseman and they brought in Mike Jones and they were like, all right, here are two guys who are Marvel games. And that doesn't mean they're making the games. Right. It means that we're partnering with, par- with developers all big and small. And these guys will be the ones who are there to touch base and go talk to them and make sure their stories are in line with what we want and their gameplay is in line. I do think it would mean, I mean, I maybe again in my world what they're building here in a perfect world is we're building the team that yes is gonna take all of our properties but mainly Star Wars and make sure these are living up to the expectations of what a great game is and what a great Star Wars game is and what that would mean to me is like probably not blowing up the EA when the EA exclusivity ends end it and then still work with them for games but also be able to go out and get different games from different people in smaller slices do we have any idea how long their exclusivity is we do that was published it's four or five more years four or five more years since Barrett off the way yeah 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 we got some time then because that was we were halfway through it right when everything went to hell and everybody was like that Barrett can you give me a google search and find that for me thanks thanks big bear of course kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you can beat Barrett try just try I dare you <laughs> nobody can beat Barrett he's the fastest there is also I have the page closed so I won't see it until I go check it um, that's my hope right Is uh, I feel like Star Wars fans deserve great Star Wars games yes. and I feel like the way you get that is by having a, an impassioned group of people behind them and, I, I, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to take away from anybody yeah. who's worked on it. I'm sure the people who work on games love Star Wars but I do think that uh, you know uh, Bill and Mike have done such a great job of all right, cool. Here's what Marvel games means and where we're going and what this is going to be in the end. Yeah, the other way you get good Star Wars games is by actually releasing Star Wars games, which sure. EC, e, EA, EA seems to sometimes be, be reluctant to, to do. <laughs> Barrett's coming here. You lost it. You're wrong. What do you got from Barrett? Is that even on? Kevin, is this mic on? No. 
Here it comes. So in 2013, they signed a 10-year deal, but okay. it's, oh my gosh. I'm unsure of if they signed it in 2013, it became effective in 2014. Yeah, yeah. So it's around the 2013, 2014 mark. It's a really long time. I still will be surprised if they stick with it. I still think they get they're gonna get out of I that. I feel like they would have they would have gotten out of it already though at this point. I think they had to wait. I mean, like, because I think it, it wasn't it was like oh well they fucked this up oh well, if I, okay well where are the games? How have you not published any games now? And I figure you got to be mad about it, right, Bear? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see in the back end. If it was sorry, like, sorry, go ahead. It'd be interesting to see on the back end if it was like a seven uh, year deal with like a three year. Like, and that's the other thing. There's got to like be that. milestones to it, right? Yeah, yeah that's no true. contract. I mean, even for on our side, right? Is cool. It's a blanket agreement for ten years. See you later. It is like you need to ship X amount of things. Copies need to be this. Metacritics need to be that. But they did also comment recently about how they're happy with EA's. Um, production with Star of Wars. Of course so. they did. You can't He's talk shit it. publicly. It's, that's what you do in the boardroom. Like, you got your cigar and you're yelling at people, hey, you hear this ain't going good. <laughs> We're extremely unhappy and this game is their last chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, you don't say that publicly. Come on, Barrett. Learn how to do corporate warfare. You <laughs> no. want to go up in this company? Me and Nick don't talk unless we're on camera. All right? That's how... That's how I mean, you don't have to say that publicly. I just want everybody to know that I hate Nick and Xavier Woods. He sucks! They suck! They suck! <laughs> They're the worst. Kevin, stop flip-flopping. Number four on the Roper Report, we have the NPD for February. This is from Matthew Handrahan. Did I say his last name right? You know, I, I struggle yeah. with it. Okay, good. I, I, you may have. I've never met the man in person or heard, heard his last name said out loud. Oh, you see That's how on, I say it in my head. You see it on Slack? Is that, are you guys slacking a lot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's over in Europe. So. Gamesindustry.biz. Uh, Matthew writes, Anthem was the best-selling game in the United States for February 2019, according to the latest report from NPD. And it is behind only Kingdom Hearts 3 in the list of the best-selling games of the year so far. The only EA Bioware game to sell more than Anthem in its launch month was Mass Effect 3. Perhaps the biggest surprise in the month is that Bandai Namco's Jump Force was right behind Anthem in NPD's bestseller chart. Indeed, its launch month is the third highest ever achieved by a game from the Japanese publisher. 4A Games' Metro Exodus didn't even reach the top five despite launching at the very start of the month. Deep Silver published title uh, finished the month in eighth position, although it did set a franchise record surpassing the launch month sales of Metro Last Light by almost 50%. Below is the NPD's top I'm going to only do the 10. Come on. I don't have time for top 20, Matthew. <laughs> what are you doing over here to me? Uh, for February 2019. Uh, of course, these come with a million caveats, as I'm sure you're all aware, because it's digital sales. It's PC sales. So let's just go. Number one, Anthem. This does not include PC digital sales. Uh, number two, Jump Force. Number three, Kingdom Hearts. Number four, Far Cry New Dawn. Number five, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number six, Resident Evil 2 2019. I don't know. Oh, I got you. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Oh, gotcha. Uh, number seven, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. This does not include digital sales. Uh, number eight, Metro Exodus, which does not include PC sales. Uh, number nine, NBA 2K19. And then number 10, Call of Duty 4. This does not include PC digital sales. Um, is it interesting? I don't even jump for us. Oh man! How? Yeah, right. I mean, it's really? got that hardcore audience for it, right? Maybe it, maybe it did really well in Japan. I. Well, yeah. What? Oh, no, sorry. This is NPD. Yeah, this is what, NPD. Yeah. I mean, it does about? well in Japan again. Yeah, the fans over here, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, that's does it's no, it is surprising, but it's also like I get that that has an audience. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And like. In a month of where, yeah, you're talking about Anthem being the big release for February, right? And I mean, Kingdom Hearts had already been out, right? Yeah, I mean, Resident Red Evil, Dead, you have, you have things that are out there that are... Uh, Metro Exodus being an 8 also doesn't surprise me. I know Matthew calls it out there, right? And yeah. it's calling out because it's a brand new game that was on shelves all month, but... I do wonder if it... I mean, because that doesn't include PC digital sales, and that's, you know, one platform, digital, only the, only that, but... I, I do wonder if PC Digital was higher for Metro. It just it seemed like that was more popular. Well, they had than, done the whole thing, too, didn't they... Isn't Metro the one that abandoned everything and went to Epic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't even know if they're pulling in that many PC digital sales yeah, on that you front. Know, yeah. Yeah. And I guess now, granted, you it was they were still honoring sales of pre-orders on That's Steam true. for Metro. So, maybe if a million people did it there. But, again, Metro it was one of those games when they announced it. I was just like, we're still trying to make this happen, huh? Yeah. Like, and I'm not knocking it. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. I know Andrew had a great time with it. It seemed like it was received very well. But it was just like... who liked it. But, I mean, so was... La uh, so liked Metro already. Yeah, Last Light was received well by those people, too. And it's just like, I get it, but I don't know what return... It's a normal conversation here. What is the return they wanted out of that? And did they get it? Because I, I, looking at it, I was like... I don't think you're going to find mainstream success with this. I don't think you're going to find a breakout one. And I mean, coming in number eight, I think, yeah, proves it to an extent. Up. But we'll see. 
You know how it is. The light burns for those people. Number five, and finally, on the Roper Report. Uh, this is a fun one from IGN. Uh, Joe Scrabble's a made-up name reports. The new Apex Legends character might be a reference to a Titanfall 2 speedrunner. The newly released Octane, Apex Legends' ninth character, could be an in-joke about a series of famous, and I would say infamous, Titanfall 2 speedruns. As pointed out by Steve Kim, Kim on Twitter, friend of the show, uh, Octane's intro video explains that he wrote, quote, a grenade blast to beat the gauntlet speed record, end quote. That's pretty similar to some incredible Titanfall 2 speedruns in that game's pilot's gauntlet tutorial area. YouTuber Cash Mayo currently holds the world record time for the gauntlet under the name R. Bright. Uh, only this month, he the gauntlet in a frankly absurd 12 seconds and he's repeatedly beaten the record by you guessed it riding grenade blasts uh, do you were you into titanfall 2 when it dropped no but speed running of any kind is insane well this was the nightmare thing where for so many trophy hoarders like myself and even like if you want to go to be an x-bot and you yeah. like i remember scott porter being trying to beat this over and over and over again where they had a gauntlet up there yeah that you needed to go through and do and it was so incredibly grueling to get there that the 12 seconds is beyond crazy like i mean yeah. it was like i forget what it was kind of funny.com slash you're wrong what was the initial time you needed to beat for the gauntlet for that trophy or an achievement but it was interesting when this broke i'm like oh that's a cute little nod to what they've done before let alone not only than what they've done before with the the gauntlet being so tough but then to a very specific person that figured out a weird way to do it with grenades <laughs> Respawn's doing everything right over there. Yeah, it's cool to see them give that recognition out to yeah. really cool communities. Yeah, keep it up, Respawn. Good yeah. job. Uh, Rebecca, yeah? I'm excited to see what other in-jokes they put in to Apex Legends, <laughs> but that's still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, like say what came to the mom and grop shops today, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah! Out today! Immortal Legacy, The Jade Cipher on PS4. Hell Warders on Xbox One. Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon Everybody on PlayStation 4 and Switch. Super Kickers League, PlayStation 4 and Switch. Argatha on PC. Dracologic, Dracologic on PC, uh, Snow Battle Princess Sayuki on PC, Assault on Metro, no Metal, Metal Tion, Metaltron, Assault on Metaltron on Switch. Metaltron. Metaltron. Uh, new dates for you. Anger Force Reloaded comes to PlayStation 4 April 2nd. Xbox Game Pass is getting a number of additions, including Deus Ex Mankind Divided on March 21st. What Remains of Edith Finch on March 21st. The Walking Dead Michonne on March 28th. Vampire. Or Vampire. It's uh, confusing. March 28th. Uh, ooh. Aprensina, the Stolen Sun, March 29th. That's that Zen, pin, uh, Zen game, not pinball, that we got to announce during the showcase. And then Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite on April 1st. Deals of the day for you if you go to IGN, they have a deal alert. Mario Odyssey, Diablo 3, Skyrim, and more Switch games are on sale. These are spread out over Walmart and Amazon, sometimes both. But if you head to IGN, you can check it out. Now, Rebecca, it's time for Reader Mail. But first... I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. Uh, up first is Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission feeds, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners at Kinda Funny Games Daily a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at games.robinhood.com. That's games.robinhood.com. Up next, Third Love. Let's talk about bras. Using millions of real women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. Why is Third Love so good? It's the Fit Finder Quiz. Uh, Third Love uses millions of uh, women who have gone in and put in their data points, and they take the fit when they take the Fit Finder Quiz, and this is how they design them, and then is they, people go and do it. What I hear about it, it's just a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz, and it's actually fun, and it takes less than a minute to complete. 
Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and finds styles that fit your body. But don't take my word for it. Take my wife's. She ordered from Third Love and loves her bra. She told me it doesn't feel cheap like most bras. It's mostly meant to be worn strapless, but it still came with two sets of straps. That's two sets of straps, people. Be like Jen. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they are offering my listeners 15% off their first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash games to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash games for 15% off today. today, today. Daniel Summers writes into patreon.com slash games and says, Hi, Greg and Rebecca. When I heard that Stadia had announced their own first party studio, I couldn't help but imagine the negative effect it could have on go on first-party exclusives after the next generation. Nintendo and Sony are still going strong with first-party exclusives, and Microsoft is poised to rise from the ashes next generation. Should Stadia prove successful and Google create more first-party studios as a result, they would become a fourth platform to consider when looking at an exclusive game. Could this potentially divide the audience enough where first-party exclusives are less and less profitable? Could this lead to to less AAA exclusives per platform for future generations? Thoughts? Daniel. This is a business one for you, Rebecca. Yeah. I, hmm. I think if it affected anyone, it would probably affect Microsoft the most mm. because, you know, PC, it's, it's all on a computer. Yeah. You know, people, people can get specific about which service they would want to use, but it, it's still competing with games that you're playing on your computer. Um, you know, I think it, assuming that Google was successful with Stadia and having mm. all these great first party exclusive, I think it would force um, all the platform holders to kind of revisit how they look at those because the idea is you want to sell games to more people. And if we're right. now split, um, if the market is diluted a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's an interesting thought. I, they're going to start, they're probably going to start small. I mean, they can't, they can't have that many first party exclusives coming. No, out of the game, I don't right? think so like, this either. Is, this is a long term kind of thing. I, I <laughs> go back to again, bless you, Kevin. Thank you. Again, we don't know. Right. But I still don't believe that Stadia at E3 or at the summer when they come back out and talk about pricing is going to be like, Guess what? It is a subscription service. You need to do... I think you're going to be able to buy it piecemeal, which for me then becomes, well, everyone already has a controller, and everybody already has a computer, Or and like, granted, it's Google Chrome, and it needs the other controller. Yeah. But like, if the overhead to get into it is that you, I need the Stadia controller, it's 60 bucks. Like That's so much less than a console. Like these Google first party, if Google and Stadia make a, a whole bunch of first party exclusive games that you can only play on the Stadia platform... Does it really? I I feel like if it was like they had their Last of Us that we all needed to play, and you're like, man, I can't afford the controller. Still, you could just plug in your DualShock or your Xbox controller, or your Switch controller to your PC and play it there for the cost of just the game. I still feel like that's the power of what they're going to be doing. And if so, then it's open up to more people. And then in this argument, right, especially talking about the next generation, I still believe with my heart of hearts that Xbox is going to say like, all right, cool. Xbox streaming and Scarlet and all that jazz is coming to Nintendo Switch. So like right there, Xbox is doing what you're saying of let's get our games into everybody's hands as fast as possible. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're thinking as hard anymore about just trying to have exclusives just on xbox yeah is it phil spencer who said a little while back that they just want they want xbox live on everything yeah of course yeah yeah yeah. and i think they're gonna get it and that's where it gets interesting where i i think daniel next generation and that's what we'll just put stadia in there right and what happens with the next xbox what happens with playstation 5 etc i think exclusives will still be a thing but they're going to be easier to play than ever yeah they're going to be accessible. I think you're going to be able to get an Xbox. Same thing with, and I'm talking about like putting the Xbox exclusives on Switch through your Game Pass, right? I think that'll still apply to PC. So it's like, again, it's a sad future of how long before we're all just PC gamers. <laughs> I'm playing my Stadia. Oh, on the, I know I don't want to do it either, Kev. I don't want to do it either. But everything starts falling away. Yeah, I think the Switch is unique enough, and it also seems to be open to working with Microsoft in certain ways yeah. that, you know, Nintendo will be fine. Nintendo's oh, going to totally stuff. Be fine. They're going to yeah, be yeah. fine. What's Sony's response going to be? They're, yeah. you know, with, with, with if everything is successful and everything is perfect and everything works out great for Stadia, then Sony might have to put a little more oomph into whatever the PS5 ends up being. And that, that again, is the real question, right? And I, and I mean, we talk like I know everything that Microsoft's going to do, oh, right? Who no the hell knows if idea. any of the beliefs Absolutely in Scarlet not. and all that jazz and coming to Switch, uh, if that's really going to happen. I think it will. I think that's how what they're leaning toward. I think they have a brilliant team right now and are making all the right moves. But they're also the only ones talking. 
Yeah. PlayStation is the exact opposite right now, right? <laughs> in terms of what's happening next generation, nobody knows. Who cares? We're making a lot. Let me show you Death Stranding again. Yeah. Uh, here's all these games yeah. we have. We have games to talk about. The reason our competitors aren't are talking about next generation is because they've lost this one. We aren't. Here's what we're doing. Still trying to get you into dreams. Still trying to get you into Ghost of Tsushima. Still trying to get you. Like, the list goes on. Yeah. And, and none of them were surprised by any of this. No. Not at all. Yeah. They've well, been I mean, prepping for years. Xbox is just being a little bit louder and Nintendo is you know, doggedly kind of doing what Nintendo does, but because that works for them, and that's fine. And that was the thing, I mean, you know, PlayStation arguably made one of the biggest moves early, right? When they bought Gaikai. Yeah. When it was like, hey, we there is something going on with streaming, we want to be into it. And they've been real quiet about that. I mean, PlayStation now continues to get better and expand into more countries, but they're not beating their chest about it because they don't have to. The games are beating their own chest and the game, the system is you know running away. You think Sony will just come out with some big, absurd, ridiculous thing like at the end of the year or something that'll just be like, wait, where were you keeping this this whole time? No, but I hope so. You know what I mean? No, like, I, don't, I don't think that. Sony moves so slowly. <laughs> like do. I just don't see that happening, but I would love if they were like, here's PlayStation 5 and we're all like, holy shit. Yeah. You did cool. it again, PlayStation. Yeah. Good job. Amon writes in in this thread line of thinking on patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says hello and good morning KF crew. My question is why are some people so dismissive of Stadia? Some claim it's undoable yet we have the AC Odyssey project stream. Uh, we know it can be done. Some say it's pointless because not everyone has good internet. Of course that's why Stadia is being released to limited in a limited number of countries. It's for those people in those countries that have good internet. I myself won't be using Stadia because the internet in my country sucks. But still, I'm very excited for the future. More people will play the games due to low cost of entrance, uh, not having to buy a console. Companies that make games will also benefit due to this to new potential customers. More exciting and unique games could be made due to Stadia high technological capabilities. It's a win-win for everyone. I just hope people are more open to a new venture and could further improve our gaming experience. Well said, Amon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm optimistic about it. I think if anyone can pull it off, Google can. Uh, yeah, it's mainly I think show don't tell. They're yeah. just telling us. I think it's uh, we've been burned, and I'm using it in quotes, burned. But like on live, tried to do all this stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, I played Batman uh, Arkham City for or yeah Arkham City. I think on Scott Lowe's tablet for a second, and I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't there yet, and are we there yet now? I think so many people have prognosticated about this and talked about this and PlayStation yeah. Now and they, blah 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 like. It's to the point that people just need to be handed a controller and go, holy shit. Yeah, anytime there's some kind of new technology like this, this happens. You know, people have questions. Yeah. If those questions aren't answered, then it's probably not going anywhere. And it's the same. I mean, this is such a good example compared to VR, where yeah. VR was, this is going to be the next big thing. And like, it was one thing to hear that and see people play VR, but it was a completely different thing to put it on your head. Yeah. And when you actually got in there and found that game or that moment that turned it for you. And granted, VR not a runaway success that's changed the industry and blah, 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 but is continuing to gain gain steam and make great games. I assume this is what this is too. You know what I mean? Of like, I bet when we finally get the controller, it won't be flawless, but I bet in six months it'll be better and a year it'll be better and blah, blah. Good enough. Exactly. Good enough. Your boy Morgan writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, what's good, Greg and Rebecca? I have one question and one request. Lately, since the drop of Kingdom Hearts 3, I haven't felt compelled to play anything. Honestly, I took three days off work to platinum the game, so it may be that I'm just a little burned out. But with the releases of Devil May Cry 5, Anthem, The Division 2, Sekiro, and Days Gone all being games I should love, I can't convince myself to purchase the games if I can't play them. What the hell do you guys do to pull yourselves out of these ruts? Every time I go to play something, I feel like I have no motivation, regardless of how fun it is, and I just want to play something. So, it'd be nice to have some insight on how people uh, who do this job handle this hurdle. Now my request, Greg, I'm on the fence about Division 2 and I need someone to push me over. For the love of God, convince me to get the game so I can get I can stop talking so I can stop taking it in and out of my PSN cart. I see where that sentence was going. Uh, love you guys do. Can't wait to hang in Kansas City with all the milk mommies out there. Oh, your boy Morgan. So starting at the top, what do you do when you get in a gaming funk? I'd stop playing games. Exactly. I'd go do something exactly. else. It's, it's Morgan, it sounds like you're burnt out. It really does. Yeah. Three uh, days off work to platinum Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. 
go go don't play the games will still be there all those games that you just listed they they will still exist there are too, there are too many video games greg 100 there's so many it's very true you can't more, play them all more will come out in the time that you sit around and wait yeah but it's okay because they will always be there too yeah I, so i mean there's a, 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 a interesting wrinkle with it because you bring up our jobs right but in terms of uh what you can do morgan is yes go do something else what do you want to do and like if you're not if i so many times i have done what you've done i sat down at the playstation i turn on the switch i jump around between all the different games i have and i'm like none of this is hitting the spot so i stop yeah. and i read a comic book or i watch a movie or i go do something else right that's what you need to do too because yeah you can't force yourself into it right, yeah. um in terms of in the job it's different uh, for everything right like you're not reviewing games right. i'm not really reviewing games i did anymore. review games for a while sure yeah and i mean yeah. at ign that was the thing right when i was review when i was a reviewer a critic oh, yeah. like you're given the assignment i'm doing the thing yeah but that I, was also that yeah. was the job yeah it's where, work you you're always gonna have things at work that are difficult to do or maybe you normally enjoy doing them but at this particular time you're just burnt out on doing that one thing but you still gotta do you it because it. it's your job yeah and exactly so you, you push exactly through. it's different yeah exactly and then the request you're on the fence about Division 2. Your boy Morgan, I don't know what more I can do. And there's an hour and a half <laughs> games cast up with Fran, <laughs> Andrea, Kevin, uh, Andy, all Barrett. Did you pop in on the games cast? I can't remember. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services. It's an hour and a half of us gushing about that game. And then you can see my Twitter feed. And you can see me right now. Sick to my stomach that I gotta fucking sit here hey. when I can't be playing the game. What, Kevin? Hey. You You're great. It's not you at all. You're awesome. Did you hear would me? I kill you right now to go home and play the division for a while? Yes, I would. Fair. Uh, what was that, Nuka? Did you hear me and Barrett celebrate and high five? Yeah, it's very distracting. Why do you guys talk so much I'm back sorry. there so loud? I'm sorry, but like we just realized, like, hey, after KFAF, what do we like? What's going on? Looks like our day's pretty clear. I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> yeah. Division. Woo! You know who else I really fucking hate? Massive. And Julian, the developers of the Division 2, how fucking dare they release this the week before GDC? They knew I'd have shit to do. They knew I'd have things to go do. I hate them. They just want to fuck up my life. Thanks a lot, Julian. Thanks a lot, Massive. Ubisoft, you're on the list. Gotta be a Nintendo fan. I don't get Yoshi's Crafted World till after GDC. <sighs> Yeah. Once again, yeah. Nintendo yeah. looking out, All looking right. out for people. <laughs> Ubisoft doesn't care. They flick cigarettes in your face. They're monsters. Love it. It's time to squat up. Swear one of you writes in to kind of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you. I today one person submitted and they were trying to look for more people for a podcast and i was like we've done too many of those lately i'm not doing that so now i'm going backwards through time looking for people here we go i have not done this one andrew needs help on the xbox one his username is jesus god can you paste it into the doc? yeah okay hold on good call good call Kev. <laughs> yeah. hold on all right hold on hold on so i'm doing this i'm going in here oh that's not the doc that's that's something different Did you say xbox yeah it's xbox hold on squad up putting it in there Kev. boom there you go my page just went blank uh, it just froze my computer. Whatever I did. Uh, did it, do you see it on yours? Yeah, I totally see it. Cool, then I'm moving on because I can't see it on mine. Uh, Andrew needs help on Xbox One. His Xbox username is L Star Trooper L. Dumb. L on both sides of it. Dumb. What His uh, request is this. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice may be officially releasing this Friday, but I've made it my personal mission to finish Far Cry New Dawn first, and I can't do that without dipping my toes into co-op. All I need to do is go on at least three expeditions for the achievement and liberate some outposts in the in-game challenges. Looking to have some fun and finish a great dumb fun game with all the best friends out there. Uh, also, with all the talk of the Division 2 on the most recent games cast, thank you for listening and not writing in asking me to justify my things I've said before. I find myself really wanting to jump into another fantastic Ubisoft title. So, there may be more opportunities to play together in the future. I'm on the East Coast and usually only get on my Xbox around 6pm Eastern, so shoot me a message on on Xbox Live, and let's go get to tearing through highway men like their butter. If you want to play Far Cry with Andrew, hit him up on Xbox One L Star Trooper L. Um, Rebecca, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and listening on podcast services around the globe there's also roosterteeth.com thing in there i'm still getting in the swing of it kebabs writes in with the most important correction uh, or clarification greg is correct eight below is the paul walker dog film mush hour is the other is is the other also disney movie i know because i made a joke about it on a recap uh Armando, I think says uh, Detroit become human and heavy rain are coming to PC through the Epic game store. 
Ooh. Breaking news for you. That I, I saw David Cage teasing something earlier, uh, and that is it. Oh, according to Capitalist Pig, it's actually Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, Detroit Become Human, coming to PC on the Xbox Game Store. Um, Epic Games just picking them up, put them in, put them in, putting them in its bag. Yeah, exactly, right? Get it all One the exclusives. Om nom 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 nom. A lot of people writing in about the Quantic Dream thing. Okay, okay. Okay, a lot of people are talking about this. All right, Star Wars deals. Uh, Capitalist Pig says the EA Star Wars deal started in the middle of 2013. Details just weren't released to the public yet. Uh, Brandon Hoffer says, Hey all, just wanted to quickly point out that Metro Exodus was released on February 15th. It was released, it wasn't released in the beginning of the month. Good clarification. Yeah. Uh, oh, here you go. Uh, Capitalist Pig says the Titanfall 2 trophy Greg was talking about. The time needed to be less than 33.65 seconds. Outrageous. And that one sucked. There you go. Yeah, you do the thing while I like That's great. I just like his jam. I don't even need anything. You know? I was considering helping, but I don't want to ruin the art here. All right, we're done. That was it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday. Uh, Rebecca, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Duck Valentine. Great and name. Thank you. And uh, all my writing stuff at gamesindustry.biz. Thank you. Please keep writing it. Otherwise, I have nothing to talk about on the show. It's my job, and I like it, so I feel like I probably won't stop. Okay, good. Thank you very much. You did a great job. Thanks. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, you can be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Watch it later. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Roosterteeth.com. Watch it live. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Listen on podcast services around the globe. Uh, tomorrow, the Crooked Commission himself, WWE superstar Xavier Woods, will be here to host Woo! the show. No! I know, right, Kevin? We got some words to have with him. But until then, it's been our pleasure to serve you.